Welcome back to Grid Iron Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nawara. If you haven't been listening to the Recap Podcast, which I hope that you do every Tuesday morning, uh, it's usually three of us, sometimes... Maybe Brett can sneak in there once in a while, but we told you that we are eight, six, and one in the Las Vegas Super Contest after a four and one week three. Big props to Mo five and zero oh on his own card. Brett four and one, Donnie three and two, and I brought up the rear at two and three. Some ugly picks for the kid. Overall, using all sixteen games on the slate. Brett went thirteen and three, and Mo was twelve and four. So, got him. Disciple leading the leading the way. Disciple twenty eight eighteen and one sixty point six percent on the season. Disciple, you're killing it. It's about time. Yeah, I was I was struggling when we first started this two years ago. I was a nightmare. So I'm glad I'm I'm picking up a few things from you guys. Mo, how proud are you of? Of the disciple, guys come a long way. I do remember those times where Brett was just looking at the games and only picking what he thought he had scouted instead of thinking about like markets and value. Where and a loom. Where Brett was clicking. Oh, certainly a loom. I haven't seen a whole lot of Illumis this year. No. They forgot to show up last night, yeah, that's the, for sure. The card-carrying we members, that one. primetime Illum, they did not... Maybe they knew the lightning storms were a-coming in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Last night, a consensus pick on the Green Bay Packers from the collective, laying the wood, laying the touchdown, daring to be square... Which brings us to 11, 10, and 1 in consensus picks. And over the last two weeks now, we are 6 and 2 on consensus picks. That gets me excited. Lone Wolves as well, I want to get to real quick. Brett and Moe, there aren't that many this week. In fact, Moe doesn't have a single one. But Brett and Moe are both undefeated with Lone Wolves. Brett 4 0, Moe 3 0, Donnie and I 1 and 4 and 1 and 3, respectively. DP, you've been quiet. I, I feel like. A comeback is en route. You got your first winning week in terms of the card, even though you only went 6-10 and ten overall, but you got three of those winners in your top five. You ready to get back on the horse, kiddo? I am ready to get back on the horse. I'm kind of like the New England Patriots of, of our little group. I start slow, but then, you know, come come December, firing on all cylinders. At least that's that's how I like to think of myself. So we'll see if it happens. Excuse me while I clean the vomit out of my own mouth. Uh, the New England Patriots of the podcast. You disgust me. We we start every week by looking at the split games, and this week there are three. And we're going to start with a game that we always start with the game that is highest rated by one of our hosts, and it's we've got two that make a card, and the first one is racial slurs at Chiefs, and Brett. Is the highest on this game, taking the six and a half with the racial slurs. I'm on that side as well. Donnie and Mo are on the other side. 
but you get to kick things off, Brett. You've got this on your card. Why are you so confident in Washington? I'm disappointed. I, Mo's, Mo's got the Chiefs here? Homer Mo. Man, I feel like Mo's tutelage comes out with this pick. First, he's he's dead on about this Redskins defense. They look tremendous. I fully bought in. And then I asked myself, would I be all that shocked if I turned this game on late and the Redskins were winning? And honestly, no, I wouldn't. I, I think this is a game the Redskins could win. So six and a half points, a couple too many for me. I capped this at five. And once again, I'm fading the Chiefs. I'm 0-3 so far this year. So this could... I'm sure this will end well, but I really do believe Washington is the right side. I am I think this is a good football team. So I've got this in the middle of the pack, and I was I wanted to love Washington in this spot because while their stock is very high after shellacking Oakland in a primetime game, the Chiefs stock is like out of control high. They're having board meetings about uh, how to split the stock, how to get as much value as possible out of how high their stock is because I don't know if there's going to be any point save for covering in this game, where their value is going to be as high as it is right now. This is the absolute apex. However, the line has moved to seven on Pinnacle, which is crazy. And I had to bring this down towards the middle of the pack. So I love the slurs here. I think they're the right side, but the market is telling me I'm wrong. And so I've pushed out. Uh, Mo, you're the resident Chefs fan. You've got this pretty low. Where are you at on this game? Well, <clears throat> I kept this uh, right about where it's at, um, so I don't really see any value on either side. But for me, my tiebreaker is going to be too many drunk Chiefs fans. Uh, Monday Night Football, it's going to be just so rowdy in there. And our rule of Kirk Cousins against a defense with a pulse. So I just see the Chiefs as a more solid team here that can be trusted to come out and uh, do work. Whereas there are scenarios where Kirk Cousins just throws three picks and this just blows up for the Redskins. So uh, I, I do have to go with Chiefs at home defense with a pulse against Cousins as the tiebreaker when I think the line is pretty fair. You're going to be at this game, right? Yes. So the Moose Reds, will be Red, in attendance. How many yeah, IPAs? Redskins locked then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Redskins outright. Or racial yeah, I mean, slurs outright. Last time I went to a Chiefs game uh, was that Thursday night game against the Broncos a couple years ago where they had everything sewed up for the W up seven late and then allowed two touchdowns in the last like minute and a half. Moose! Because... They fumbled the the kickoff after Manning scored the tying touchdown. Moose, so so slurs outright. Put all of your all of your Bitcoin on uh, slurs money bet line. All you fans out there, Donnie, you have this as your second to last pick. So unless you state otherwise, let's move on. The next, I'm just glad we're identifying who's drunk and who's not <laughs> very early in the podcast. <laughs> Too many IPAs. Well, we're going to keep it with you, DP, because you also have a split game on your card. You are taking the home dog in the AFC South. You've got the Houston Texans plus the one and a half, the Deshaun Watson experience. It's not primetime, Deshaun. It's more 1 p.m. Eastern time, Deshaun. But you like the home dog here in this spot against the fighting Tennessee Titans. Brett and myself 
like the Titans giving a couple of points. Mo is on the Texans. DP, lead us off. Why do you love Houston in the spot? Well, I capped this right at the same number, except for that plus and minus sign before the number, because I had the Texans as uh, slight favorites at home. Uh, I, I think the Titans coming off two big wins here where they put up a lot of points, you know, on the board against, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that they're all the way there yet. I was high on the Titans coming in, but I don't think that they're all the way there yet. Now they're playing a defense on the road that just gave Tom Brady and that Patriots offense a lot of trouble and, and looked really good. And honestly, Deshaun Watson hasn't looked that bad. Um, I mean, he can be a little bit scatterbrained at times, uh, but you expect that with a young quarterback or rookie coming into the league. But the guy can move. He can run around. Um, he's been finding targets outside of, uh, of Hopkins. So, you know, and also we got the public uh, slightly leaning towards the Titans. So I really like the spot for, for the Texans to, to get a win here at home. Did you just say the Texans held the Patriots to 36 points? Is that what you're saying? Did you watch the game? They, I think they caused five fumbles. I think the Patriots recovered them all, so that's a bit of luck. But they, they caused five fumbles. Clowney had the, the strip sack that he returned for a touchdown. I mean, minus a couple big plays, the, the, tight, the Texans on the road did pretty well. <laughs> held them, though. Uh, I'm going to defer on this game. This is my second to last pick. Eh, I, I, I don't really know. I, I still don't know if the Titans are good because I don't know if the Seahawks are good. So I don't know if I should be impressed by last week. I don't know what to think about Tennessee. So I have to defer elsewhere and we'll keep it with the Texans side and we'll keep it with Mo. You've got the home dog here. Talk, t- talk about it, Mr. Noir. I kind of wanted to love the Texans, but, uh, it's just really hard. I I just don't have that much confidence in this team against a Titans team that does appear to be hitting its stride, regardless of what Donnie says. The Titans just, you know, they played a, what, spoiler alert, could be a bad team in the Seahawks and crushed them pretty good last week. Uh, only some late garbage points made it look close. Um, so... I this this was a tough one for me. I, I capped this one as a pick'em, so I do think there is some value on the Texans, but it was just hard for me to put it very high on my board. All right, Brett. Maybe, maybe that means uh the Texans should be higher though. All right, Brett, you're the Tennessee guy because I have no real faith in this game. Why do you like the Titans? Yeah, I mean, aren't the Titans just way better? And, and looking at this matchup, the strength for the Texans is on the defensive front and. Across the line there, that's where the Titans' strength is, is their offensive line. This is arguably the best offensive line in football. I think they will be able to contain uh, Clowney and uh, Merciless Watt, these guys. Uh, Yeah, I just think the Titans are are good. On a neutral field, I think the Titans are a good five five points better. I'm not not buying into this Texas defense yet. The secondary is not anywhere near where it was last year, especially with the injury to Kevin Kevin Johnson. it's, I, it's hard for me to buy into the Texans right now. So, I yeah, I like the Titans here. Yeah, I'm, I've got no real horse in this race. I've got no read on the situation. I, I wanted to like the Titans more, but how much can I really like a short road favorite? It's just an icky spot. So we'll move on. And we'll move on to, speaking of, holding the Patriots to 30-whatever points. It is Panthers at... Patriots, Donnie, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. You are the classic anti-sweat, anti-jinx, 
you're so negative on the Patriots. The defense, well, they were received last week against Deshaun Watson. Fair enough. But you've got the Panthers here. You've got this game higher than anybody else. You talked about scam yesterday on the DFS pod. Tell us why you like the nine points here. Yeah, I mean, you got a good defense coming into to Foxborough again against Patriots offense that I, I, I think they have offensive line issues. I don't think that they've been able to get it right. They should have lost that game last week if it wasn't for Bill O'Brien not having any clue how to manage the clock at the end of the game um, and also how to call plays on third and one. Uh, you know, I, I I think New England will put up a fair amount of points. I mean, that's that's why the spread is, is nine. But um, their defense isn't good. It's just not good at all. They, I feel like they look worse every week. Uh, I mean, that guy Gilmore that we got from Brettstein, the Bills, I mean, what, I don't know what that guy's doing. I don't know how he's worth $60 million. I don't understand what's going on out there. Um, but, you know, I, I think they'll, they'll get it together enough to be able to, to win come, come crunch time when, you know, when the playoffs start. But right now, they don't look good. And, and it, as bad as Cam has looked, I mean, he looked horrible last week. So there's a bit of stock high, stock low here coming in. Um, but I, I like them to be able to put up enough points to be able to stay within striking distance. I mean, at least reasonable striking distance, you know, whether that's six, seven or eight points. I mean, I like I just like the nine here against a bad defense. I don't know how you can how you can really bet on the Patriots to win by so many points right now when their defense is just going to be giving up points left and right. And also public is 79 percent on the Patriots. I mean, every week they just the public doesn't learn. Yeah, I've got the Panthers as well. I just think the back door is wide open, un- unless Cam is just totally broken. He looks bad, but if he's totally broken, then the minus nine is live in this spot. But as long as he has somewhat of a pulse, I mean, his Patriots defense is really bad. The Texans offense is not impressive whatsoever. W- Watson can get out and make a play or two. We saw him make that long run against Cincinnati, but their offensive line is a disaster. Their skill players are all battered and banged up. I mean, all you have to do is lock down Nook and you're fine, and somehow the Patriots allowed the Texans to walk all over them on the defensive side of the ball. So I think nine, as long as Cam is not completely dead, is a little crazy. Brett, Mo, you both are laying the wood. Mo, you have it as your last pick, so not really... Uh, too confident, but Brett, what do you got on New England here? Just rule of Belichick. I, I don't have a heavy lean here at all, uh, but it's so frustrating to see. I mean, I have the I have a future on the Panthers Super Bowl, and to see, I mean, Cam is broken, Calvin Benjamin's broken, Greg Golson's dead. The Panthers twenty seventh right now in pass offense efficiency. They just can't move the football through the air, so that's a concern, especially against an offense that is just so. The Patriots are going to score 30 points every week. So unless you can score 20 plus, you're screwed. And I don't, I don't know if the Panthers are capable of that right now. Mo, anything to add here? This might be the squarest pick you've ever made. I just have to see Cam play a halfway decent football game before I can feel confident that they can cover against a solid team. I mean, it's just I gotta see something. I, I, lo- I still really like this defense, especially uh, up front, but. Uh, I don't. I'm still too scared of Cam, and like Brett already noted, their weapons are all hurting. I just don't. I just don't have any confidence they can come out and score enough points right now. But how is their offense any worse than what the Texans put on the field last week? At least Deshaun like is mobile. Yeah, they have yeah, a Cam healthy can run QB. a little bit. Mm, 
I don't know. Against not this me. Patriots defense, the Cam can run a little bit. I don't know, but I don't know if he wants to. That's the thing. If he's broken. But he certainly has the capability to do so. Look, I'm on your side. I think the Panthers are the the right side here. I just have the same types of trepidations as Mo, even though I'm I'm still favoring Carolina slightly though. So the only real leans that we have here in the split section, Brett loves the slurs. Donnie loves the Texans. Alright, let's get to some lone wolves. Mo will not test his perfect record this week. No lone wolves for him. So we'll go to Brett first because Brett will be selecting second shortly. And Brett has, at least for me, and Mo, I think I can speak for you as well, a bit of a head scratcher for his lone wolf. I get the injuries on the other side, but man, tell me why you were taking a certain field goal dog headed to the west side of Florida. Yeah, as Mo pointed out yesterday, the the injuries on this Bucks defense are I, I'm I just every single one of these guys. And, and so yeah, I've got the Giants plus three here. Levante David has not practiced this week. Quan Alexander has not practiced this week. TJ Ward has not practiced this week. Brett Grimes, Gerald McCoy have missed time with injuries. Robert Ayers has been limited to practice this week. This defense is hurting right now. So I, I can see the Giants scoring points in this game, and that's a problem for the Bucs because the Giants' strength is their defense. And, yeah, I think the Giants just win this game. Tell me why I'm wrong. Mo, why, what, what is it about you're this fucking Bucs? drunk, man. What I don't understand what you're doing. Mo, you're the highest on the Buccos. Lead us off. Yeah, there were injuries that concerned me, but it was heartening for me to see First of all, Gerald McCoy is coming back and Brent Grimes is putting in full practices. So two key pieces are coming back. And I mean, you just look at this game overall. Aren't the Bucks better than the Giants? The Giants are atrocious. Yeah, the Giants are really bad. They've played what? One quarter of good football this year? Am I wrong? And that was when Sterling Shepard got off on a, like a slant play and went 70 yards. This team is garbage. It's just garbage. And... I just I need more than three points here with a just team that's complete trash. I I think this line, even with the injuries, should be three and a half. So coming off a key number there, I like the Bucks. And if I can get three, I might put a real money wager on the Bucks this week. A little bit of stock low as well for the Bucks because they just got smashed on the road by the Vikings. Donnie, you were pretty uh, adamant there. Hop in. I mean, this is a pick em on a neutral field. Get No, it's not. It's not at all. I, I mean, I also think that, you know, you mentioned the stock low, which I agree with on the Bucks. I think there's a little bit of a stock high. Whenever a team looks good on TV and then ends up losing by a last-second field goal, I think there's there's a bit of a stock high. You know, Odell Beckham came off the schneid last week with two touchdowns, so I think people are going to be a little bit high on that combination with Manning and Beckham. But honestly, like Mo said, this Giants team is an absolute disaster. I'm not that, that worried about the... Uh, about the injuries, like Mo said, there, there's some people coming back now. And honestly, I just don't trust Eli. I don't trust uh, McAdoo. I don't trust this Giants offense at all. I think that they're a total disaster. And I don't think that they're going to go on the road here and do any sort of covering whatsoever. How are the Giants any stock high when they're 0-3 and have looked as bad as they have? We just said they've played one good quarter of football. There is no stock high 
for the Giants right now. Oh no! Because when there's, when there's a super exciting game, no, that no, no, people stop, watch stop, 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 stop going in narrativeville. They were a slam dunk cover last week. That's why their stock is high. They were free money, and they covered with ease last week. And the public is sixty percent on them this week, and they're generally a public team. So that's why the stock is back high for the Giants. Like this line is a joke, even with the injuries. Like people, the public doesn't know. They could not identify Quan Alexander and Levante David. Uh, this line should be six and a half. And it's how did they how did they cover with ease last week? It was fourteen nothing going into the fourth. It, it seemed like a slam dunk cover the entire game. It seemed like rule of NFC East. And they I mean that's part, that's partly why I'm on the Giants this week is because their stock is so low right now. If their stock was low, I this think their line stock has like, gotten a lot higher after last week. If their stock was low, this would be like seven. Um, yeah, at least they finally covered. How is this not on your card, though, if you capped it that far away? Yeah, exactly. I'm talking to you, Rich. Yeah, you, you had it farther than me. You, no, you... I, I, That's what I thought the public was going to cap oh. it as. I wanted to love this. This is another game where I wanted to love it, but the injuries scared me off. And there's, there's actually a lot of games this week that I love that I'm very happy with where the lines are. So uh, because of the injury concerns and it became a little bit more variance was added to the equation, I deferred to other games that I was more confident. Well, we need you to lead the way then because I don't feel that great this week. (laughs) All right, DP's next. DP, you've got the biggest head scratcher here. Uh, Eagles plus one and a half. Just talk. I don't know. Just talk. Say words. I, I don't agree with this line at all. I think that the Chargers are an absolute joke. I don't think that... Uh, playing down in wherever the hell they're playing, Carson, Irvine. I don't even know where they're playing. Right down the road from us, Rich. But that's not home field advantage. That's that's just a fake, fake home field advantage. It's a neutral site game, and I'm I'm on the Eagles here. I mean, I, I don't think that the Chargers are good at all. I, I don't care that their stock is low because I don't think that their stock is ever going to rise. That team doesn't have a clue. Phillip Rivers, their franchise quarterback, isn't bought in, and the coach is – beyond clueless anthony lynn is screwing up games left and right he doesn't trust his kicker in situations he doesn't know how to manage the clock he doesn't know how to call plays he's screwing up timeouts i mean it's just everything is all over the map for them give me the eagles here as a as a quote-unquote road underdog and let's go brett you did it again you picked the chargers yeah, I I hate this one, and I don't agree with Johnny. I with Donnie. I I don't think this Chargers team is a joke. I think their coach is a joke, and that's it's so hard to buy into them right now because this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So this is this was coin flip territory for me, but I, I just I still think there's value in the Chargers here. Yeah, none of even as a, a favor. Nobody on Chargers was very high. Brett was actually the highest, and he had them at his number four pointer, so four from the bottom. I just think these are the same teams. Mo, you, you, I'll let you talk about the defense. I thought the Chargers defense looked amazing against the Chiefs on Sunday, and I don't know what Wentz is going to look like against a defense like that. Yeah, the Chargers played well uh, on, on that side of the ball. Uh, but you know what? This is just a game where I, if, if the Chargers had a coach with a clue, I would abs- I, the Chargers would probably be on my card if they had a coach with a clue and they were only a minus one and a half. That's what's only thing that's stopping me here. Uh, I wanted to love the Chargers. It's a it's a really bad spot for the Eagles. Feeling good at two and one, traveling cross country against a team that is on its last legs and just absolutely has to have a win to even maintain a pulse right now. 
So bad spot for the Eagles in matchup wise. The Eagles secondary still decimated by injury. They allowed Eli to get off the Schneid, and that is what really worries me about the Eagles here. If if you allow Eli, who has been atrocious this year, off the Schneid, then Philip Rivers might actually be able to do the same thing and complete some passes against the secondary. The big key is against this Chargers team is you have got to be able to exploit Rivers' just absolute noodle arm by picking him off, making big plays, just getting those turnovers. Chiefs have ball hawks. They got pressure, and they did that. I don't know if the Eagles can do that right now. Their best defensive lineman, Fletcher Cox, is hurt, and he may or may not play. But even if he does play, he won't be 100%, and their secondary is just decimated by injury. So it's just a bad spot for them. Yeah, coming off of game-winning 60-yard field goal against bitter rival at home. Really tough spot to then go on the road. And again, I don't think, I I agree with Brett. I don't think the Chargers football team is that bad. I I think you can squint your eyes and see some similarities between these two teams. The coaching situation is just worrisome. Let's wrap the Lone Wolves up. I've got a home favorite. I'm daring to be square. I'm laying the seven and a half with the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Falcons are good. I think regression may have been incorrect and I don't see the Bills having enough of an offense if they start to trail in this game to compete I've, I've been really impressed with the Falcons especially their front four how much speed they have on the front four and I think if the Falcons offense which should be able to eat against a Bills defense that let's be honest it's not like they've played well but they've played well against the Jets They've played well against Scam, who's dead, and they played well against Trevor Simeon on the road. I think Falcons like forty to ten is well within the cards here, so I'm very willing to lay the seven and a half. Uh, Brett, you were the highest on your fighting Buffalo Bills. The Bills make me wanna shout. Tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, I still wasn't that high. This was like middle of my card towards the bottom, actually. But I like the hook here, the seven and a half. If it was seven, I would feel a little less confident. But uh, I'm with you. I'm shocked at how good the Falcons are. Even after losing Kyle Shanahan, they looked and they look much better on defense as well than they did last year, too. So this is a little scary. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I think this is still a good spot for a Bills team that has looked very efficient. They don't turn the ball over. You don't have to worry about Tyrod throwing a backbreaker. Uh, so give me the hook. Going to have to get the ball downfield, though. Donnie, this is your one-pointer, so nothing much from you. Mo, you had this low as well. Any confidence in Buffalo here or just a coin flip for you? No confidence. Right about where I thought it should be. Uh, so not too much to say other than I think it, there's some good possibility for a backdoor here. Tease the Falcons with every game. I, I should have done this. You, you, everybody out there, you should have teased the Packers with every game on the rest of the 2017 schedule last night. I mean, that was free money. Listen to the man. Listen to the man. And throw the Falcons in some kind of tease. Get them down to one and a half. Tease them with whatever game, whatever, whatever other game you're interested in. So, Lone Wolves, Brett has the G's plus three in Tampa. Donnie's got 
the Eagles plus one and a half in Carson against the LA Chargers. And I've got the Falcons laying the seven and a half, daring to be square against the Buffalo Bills. All right, Mo, you were a perfect five and oh last week. You killed it. Thus, you have the number one selection for the week 14 card. What game are you putting on? I wish I didn't have the number one selection this week so I could see what the hell you guys were doing. Um, because there wasn't, I'll be honest, there wasn't one game that was just a slam dunk, checked all the boxes for me this week. A half the Colts plus 13 here. At the Hawks, there are some things about this game that make me very, very queasy. It is Jacoby Brissett on the road against what I still believe is a very strong defense that could we could well be the best defense in the league. Um, <clears throat> possible that this is just lingering bad memories of when we took a million points against the Hawks on the road with the likes of Matt Barkley and... Even worse, guys, Jimmy Clausen. Jimmy. You guys remember that one? Uh, Donnie tried talking us out of that one, and we didn't listen. Uh, so I don't know. I think part of me is just queasy because of that, and I'm just, I got to try to ignore that and just look at this game. You, you're asking me to lay 13 in the NFL. I need to see an elite team if I'm going to lay 13. And I, this isn't even close to an elite team. I still think the Seahawks might just be bad. This defense is good, but this offense could be really, really bad. I mean, I think last week, that Titans game, as I said earlier, the final score made it look closer than it was. The Titans dominated them. They were up, what, like 33-12 to 12 or something going into the fourth. I mean, Russell tacked on two garbage touchdowns when the Titans were sleeping at the end of the game. They were never in any danger of losing that. Seahawks, I mean, I'm not sure if this team has played one good game yet. So they, until they show me they're good, I just can't lay 13 with this team. This is just too many points. Donnie tried to talk us off the ledge when we put something Clawson on the card at CenturyLink. But he's all over something brisket. He also has this as his number one selection. You love Chuck Pagano. I know you do in your heart and soul, DP. Talk about Indy here. I mean, this line is beyond stupid. I mean, like Mo said, the you have to have a really, really, really good team, an elite team to be able to lay 13. I don't care if you're at home, away, wherever you are. Laying 13 in the NFL is really tough to do. There's only a few teams that can do it. And it's not the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, it, the, Jacoby Brissett, it seems like he gets better and better every week to me. Um, you know, he gets it gets a little bit more rapport with all of his receivers. They've they've been looking like they're they're fluid. They're they're working well together. And but 13 points. I mean, what didn't we just see like a similar sort of thing happen a couple of weeks ago when the Niners went up there and then the game was like 10 to nine or something stupid like that. I mean, this this just seems like you know the Hawks the Hawks offense isn't going to be able to score. Yeah, their defense may hold the Colts to some to, to minimal amount of points, but they're not gonna be able to score on their own offensive side of the ball that that I feel comfortable ever laying thirteen. I mean I capped this at at five and I was way off. Five. Five. 
Yeah, you, should, you Mo and I were on the same side. If you listen to the recap no, pod, no, no, Mo was not at five. <laughs> well, yeah, I was at seven and a half, I think. <laughs> yeah, or that's a huge difference. Something in that ballpark. And even though you know, I, I, that was my early line, and I thought about it. And even with feeling queasy, even with adjusting my capping, I can't go even to ten. I, I can't go to ten on this game. Brett, you also have this in your card. I'm, I'm not confident in this game. Give me, give me one more gust of energy here, please. Well, this is a confusing line. I don't have it at five. I had it at ten because Seattle isn't even good. The offense finally showed signs of life last week, but the defense fell apart. The, the Hawks, you guys are rant, raving about this Hawks defense. They rank 18th in total defense right now, 30th against the run. This is not a team that has earned the right to be two touchdown favorites against any pro football team. So like I said, I think we're getting three points of line value here. So happy to have this on the card. I can't fathom 10 points. They're not. Here's that a, seems insane to me. Here's the thing about the Hawks, and this is the way they've been built since they won their first Super Bowl. They don't really care about stopping the run. They're built to get out to a lead and stop you from throwing the ball. They've always had a soft interior on defense because they don't have those big 300-pound nose tackle guys that are clogging up the middle of the field. They just have athletes on their defensive line that can get to the quarterback. So when you get in a situation where they're negative script and a team like Tennessee, who's built to run the ball, just gets their hogs rolling, then the Hawks are just going to get walked all over because they're they they're not built to stop the run. So so I understand their ranking currently. I am just so queasy about CenturyLink at night. I know this isn't the same team, but I just have nightmares of the Hawks D, the Legion of Boom, swarming around, something brisket on the road. Man, I, I mean, San Francisco at least has a pulse on offense. And that, I mean, Carlos Hyde is one of our favorite running backs on this podcast, and that helps a lot. Indy's offense is really bad, you guys. I mean, they're 32nd in offensive VOA. And it's not like they're last in the league. They are last in the league. They perform 41% worse than the mean. The next closest yeah, team is to, But look. The next one closest, of those the games next closest, was with Scott Tolzien. The next closest game is 29% worse than the mean. I mean, they're bad. Really bad. So I get it. I should put blinders on. I should know that the Seahawks team isn't that good and that this line is ridiculous, but Hawks at home <laughs> night game something brisket that's worrisome it's scary i'm allowed to be scared guys it is even i'm scared and i picked this but there is on the bright side there is look one matchup where we know we have a big edge and that's ty hilton there's nobody on this secondary who can hang with him even these corners from the hawks as vaunted as they have been in the past richard sherman ain't what he used to be there's nobody that can stop T.Y. Hilton. So if Brissett can at least just get the rock to T.Y. Hilton, we got a shot here. Slight public lean here on the Colts as well. I, I don't think anybody's going to have the, This is a plus for us. I don't think anybody's going to have either of these sides on their card. I think the Colts will make people too queasy, and nobody in their right mind is going to lay the 13 with Seattle. Brett's up next, and he's got a pick that's going to warm my heart, get me more excited, a team that I also have on my card, a team that Donnie also has on his card, 
and a team that just barely bubbled Moe's card. Give us the home dog, Brett. This is the game I circle every year because it's the, it's the same thing every year. Ravens versus Steelers, Harbaugh versus Tomlin. Just walk over to the money printing machine and hit the purple button. These two coaches are in different weight classes. Harbaugh is the heavyweight. He owns Tomlin since 2011. Ravens 9-4 and four outright against the Steelers, 9-3-1 against the spread. Two years ago, they won a game with Ryan Mallett at quarterback as 12-point home dogs. This this matchup is just so juicy every year for the Ravens, and we're getting them again as home dogs coming off a pitiful showing in London. 70% of the public pounding the Steelers as road favorites here. This is the greatest spot ever. The Steelers don't even look good. They lost to the Bears last week, barely escaped at Cleveland. And they beat the Vikings at home with Case Keenum under center. To me, these are two middling teams. One side significantly better over the past half decade in these matchups because one coach, Harbaugh is one of the best football minds in, in the game. This Ravens defense, I expect them to rebound after a pathetic display last week, uh, just wasting a week away in London. So bet the Ravens money line. This line is a joke. I think Baltimore should be minus two, maybe even minus three here. So huge line value. Love this game. This is my favorite pick of the year so far. Yeah, all of that. In addition to that, somehow the Ravens have been home dogs four times to the Steelers during the Harbaugh Tomlin era, and ho hum, the Ravens are four zero against the spread in those scenarios. Hopefully five zero on Sunday. Mo, you're the lowest, but not really low. Do you have any trepidations about Baltimore in the spot? Uh, only two things. Uh, one is that they're coming back from London, so I could see a hangover there. That's one of the things that kind of slowed me down on this game. Well, they left London and, at halftime. They just they peace. Yeah, I guess I, I guess there's that. Uh, the other thing is these Baltimore injuries still scare me. Um, a top two player on both sides of the ball is out for them. Marshall Yanda. Brandon Williams on defense. They need to adjust to these losses. Hopefully, that's already happening. But um, you know, it's just tough when when you've got these elite players out. And if anybody can do it and and get the right guys plugged in and get them coached up, like Brett said, it is Harbaugh. So I'm still pretty comfortable with this one. Donnie, did we ever determine what Tomlin has for brains? We need a, a Donnie's brain index. That no, needs- but I, man, I I actually thought of this yesterday when I was when I was driving to work, and now I forgot what he had for brain. <laughs> man, it was a good one too. All right, we need a- we need DP's index. Anything to add? You've got this in your card. This was your number two pick. Yeah, this is just stupid. I don't understand this line at all. The Steelers have not looked good this year. Yeah, the Ravens looked like crap last week in London, but that's basically a throwaway game for me. I feel like you're always going to get. One, one team in London that just decides not to show up that week, and it was the Ravens this time around. But if this was the flip the other way around and it was in Pittsburgh, the Steelers would be minus nine. No, that's wrong. These games are always low scoring. They're always close. Brett pointed out the fact that the Ravens always seem to beat the Steelers. The Steelers just don't have it together um, as well right now. I think that they're a little bit they're a little bit lost. I think that they were shaken up by the anthem stuff that happened last week, and I don't like their chances going into this game as as a, a money bet line favorite. Money bet line. So your number one pick is gone, DP. Your number two pick is gone, DP. But let's keep it in the AFC North 
for your number three selection. It's another home dog. It is a podcast favorite. I'm literally grinning ear to ear as I introduce this pick. Tell us why we're back on the Kaiser train. I mean, this I I don't understand how the Bengals are three point favorites on the road in a division game when they've looked like total crap all year and 68% of the public is betting on them. What I don't understand. What do people see in this team? I mean, listen, I was, I was on them in week one. I quickly got back off of that train and I'm just, I'm, I'm back on my, the Bengals are the bungles. They will forever be the bungles. They don't know what the hell they're doing. I refuse to think that the Browns are this bad, that they would be uh, minus nine uh, on the road against the Bengals. If this game was in Cincinnati, I mean, has anyone seen the Bengals play football and the Browns play football? The Browns have looked good. They've looked competitive. Their defense has been flying around. Kaiser doesn't look that bad out there. And the Bengals, they just look like a mess. And then it, I mean, last week, I think that that type of loss, the way that the Bengals lost that game, how they were winning for the whole time. And, and then they just, they got their heart ripped out at the end. I, I think that that can really hurt this sort of team that I don't think, uh, you know, has a strong backbone and doesn't have a, they don't have good leadership to, 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 you know, to be able to be like, guys, listen, we, we messed up last week, but let's get back on the train. I don't think Marvin Lewis, I mean, that guy doesn't care. He's just out to get his paycheck every single year. I mean, this, this to me is, this is a lock. This is another one where I'm going to the window with my money line bets and I am placing wagers on the Cleveland Browns. Money bet line. This is my number one pick. I don't understand how Cincinnati can be a road favored in this spot uh, what what are what are the Bengals really good at <laughs> like i i don't i don't understand this line whatsoever i think vontez perfect returning is a tiny bit scary because that guy's crazy and he's going to certainly boost that Bengals linebacking core but man the their their offensive line is a joke and by the way guys miles garrett returned to practice yesterday so we might get some pass rush opportunities from the number one overall pick mo this is right outside your card brett you are the lowest on this you must be queasy this is below your middle tell us why you are afraid of having kaiser on the card no i'm a little confused as to why i had the browns so low there must have been something when i was putting my card together that got me a little nervous but everything you guys said is right the browns the browns might be better so why are they plus three at home that makes no sense. Yeah, the Browns should be closer to my uh, top five. I'm not really sure why I had them in the middle here, but uh, I'm, I'm I'm very comfortable with this one. Mo, you actually do have this on your card. It's your very last pick. Anything to add here on Believeland? Uh, just a, a couple small worries. I am a little worried that Dalton could shred what looks to be not a very good Browns secondary. Uh, they did play pretty poorly last week. Uh against the Colts, but overall, I don't see how the Bengals could be better than minus one here. The Browns should at least still be able to get some push up front on this Bengals defense. You asked what they do well. Their defense has been pretty good. I mean, they did a good job against Rodgers last week. What about when it mattered, though? Hashtag when it mattered. Go Rodgers. My my big concern, the the Bengals are really good up front on defense, and they could just annihilate kaiser in this game that that is that's probably what gave me pause when putting the browns uh, up higher but uh, i just the browns have to be the right side here it's funny because the browns o-line is great kaiser just get rid of the ball kid <laughs> he, he's if i recall the stat that i heard correctly he takes 
a full three seconds to release the ball, which is mind-blowingly long. Yeah, that's going to be a problem this week. Get rid of the ball, kiddo, please. I'm begging you. All right, the last selection from an individual and not the collective goes to yours truly. I don't, uh, I don't understand this one. I thought that after the upset last week, this team would get a little stock rebound, that people would be like, okay, maybe they're not the worst team of all time. Maybe they're, they're going to compete a little bit, especially against other lower-tier sides in the National Football League. But no, despite basically winning 20 to nothing, basically shutting out Jay Cutler at home, no stock-high scenario here for the Jets. Somehow Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars come to town, and not only are they road favorites, not only do they get three points, they give them the hook. They're minus three and a half at MetLife, so I'm all over the other side. I'm taking the three and a half with the Jets. Blake Bortles has never been a road favorite in his entire career. The Jaguars put together the best performance they have in a decade last week putting a 40-burger on the Ravens and absolutely blanking them on defense as well, making Joe Flacco and company look like a high school unit. Look, I've been on Jacksonville this whole process, and last week I just made a stupid scorn pick against them. I do believe in the defense. I believe in the additions that they made in the offseason in Boye and Campbell. The young talent gets me excited too. I've been a Dante Fowler truther. His entire career, he's just been marred by injuries. Uh, I thought Jalen Ramsey should have went higher in the draft. But I can't get behind them being three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road coming back from London. Uh, I I do have some of the trepidations about the Ravens that Mo noted about the London thing. I'm just very interested on what effect that will have. Less so on Baltimore because they're home dogs, and I think it's a good spot. But for Jacksonville... Three and a half on the road is such a huge number for a team that really hasn't proven that they would be minus nine and a half at home against any professional football team. Brett, again, you were the lowest on this. You have this in coin flip territory. So tell me why I should be more concerned about Cade and company. Uh, because it's the Jets. I think the, the Jets are valued way higher than they probably should be right now. The defense has looked much better than we expected. I mean, Adams in that in the secondary is an absolute monster. So I, I do feel I feel like the Jets are the right side here. We get the hook here at three and a half, but uh, the Jaguars, Jaguars might be good. I, I just this one makes me nervous to have a, a team as bad as the Jets on the card again. I think the Jaguars are good, but I don't think they'd be minus nine and a half at home against the Jets. Like, what's a comparable team to the Jets? Let's call it right now based upon DVOA. The Dolphins are a little bit worse overall than the Jets. If Jacksonville hosted Miami, would that line be nine and a half? No, it wouldn't even be in the stratosphere of nine and a half. It would be like three or four. Donnie, you were also somewhat low on this. You had this in the middle. Talk about it. I'm just a little bit worried. Um, I just, I can see the Jets putting up a stinker here. Um, but overall, I think that they'll they'll be all right. Uh, I mean, last week, like you said, Rich, the Jaguars played the best football game they've ever played in the history of Jacksonville's franchise. Um, <laughs> I mean, they looked really, really good, which is why I think it was much more shockingly impressive 
and I put less stock into it happening on a week to week basis. Um, but uh, yeah, the Jets, I mean, they played pretty well last week. I think that they got a, they got a lot of fight in them, as I like to say over here, a lot of heart. So uh, give me the three and a half. Mo, you have this as your number two pick, so you're much more confident in it. Tell me. I was so close to putting the Jets number one. I love this spot. Um, Man, you guys have already hit pretty much everything. I just can't. Blake Bortles going on the road, minus three and a half. I mean, if <laughs> if if the Jags had just kicked the last second field goal and beaten the Ravens 23 to 21, what would this line be? I mean, they just, I tend to think that Jacksonville winning 44 to 7 in London is kind of a result we can mostly just chalk up as an outlier and we just kind of ignore it for the most part for capping purposes. Yeah, you have to factor it in a little bit because it's part of their body of work, but overall, I just don't think this team deserves to be minus three and a half on the road. I did adjust a little bit when I was looking at some of these injuries. Mo Wilkerson hurting. So, you know, there are a few spots that worry me, but I just can't buy Blake Bortles on the road giving this many points, and I got to ride the Jets again. They came through for us last week. As long as McCown doesn't completely shit the bed, I'm pretty confident that we'll get a cover here. 68% of the public <laughs> lining up to lay three and a half on the road with Bortle service. Give it to this kid something, McGuire. Yes, and Elijah. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's keep this conservative, boys. Let's go, Elijah McGuire. I was also a little bit worried about the Muhammad Wilkerson injury, and then I remembered Muhammad Wilkerson hasn't played a good game since the Obama administration. <laughs> that guy's been a total dog since uh, since signing his new contract, unfortunately. It's been the uh, the Leonard Williams show and, and Sheldon until Sheldon was shipped off to the Pacific Northwest. So here is the card thus far. Mo put on the Colts plus 13 at the Seahawks. Brett put on the Ravens getting three points at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Donnie put on the Browns getting three points at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I put on my fighting New York Jets getting three and a half points at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Last week for the first time, the machine, the collective machine, spit out a loser, dropping us to two and one on the season. But we've oiled her up. You know, we gave her a tune-up, so let's see if she can spit out a winner this week. Here is the collective selection. The collective chooses the Minnesota Vikings. Minus two and a half at home against the Detroit Lions. This made everybody's card, except for Donnie's. Mo, you had this as your number three pick. Brett, who just had to dip out, had this at his number three pick. This was my number five pick. Donnie, you were the queasiest. Why are you so worried about Case? Case the God. 
because I think uh, Case looked really good last week, and we could see a little bit of regression to what he should normally be, and we could see a blow up in our face. But that said, I think we will be all right. Um, I was on the Vikings, so I'm not totally, uh, you know, worried about this pick. Uh, and now that I look at the uh, the updated public numbers, I feel much more confident. Much more confident. I'm really confused as to why this game is one and a half on Pinnacle. What's going on here? Aren't the Vikings way better than the Lions? Mo, talk to I me I think here. we must be the only ones who think so. I don't understand. But even though every week the evidence pretty much tells us we're the ones that are right and everyone else is wrong. Minnesota is so good. And at home... I mean, Minnesota at home, too. You know, that defense. <laughs> at home, they just kill people. I'm so confused. As as to what's happening here, and I've kind of, I talked about it last week. I've kind of put to bed my fears, or not my fears, but my my thought that uh, Detroit and Atlanta were going to regress. I kind of gave in. I said, okay, these teams can be good, and I think Detroit is pretty good. They're they're pretty competitive, but the Vikings are really freaking good. They just destroyed Tampa Bay at home destroyed them and during the Zimmer era doesn't matter who's at quarterback Minnesota 20 and 7 against the spread at home 74 percent 74 percent and as home favorites they are 13 and 5 that's 72 percent Zimmer just crushes skulls at home Vikings defense throttles people even when Rodgers goes there this is like the litmus test of whether or not you're elite we saw Rodgers go to Denver a couple years ago against that Super Bowl, Super Bowl defense and get held to some absurd like 120 yards pass. 170 yards yeah. or something. Yeah. And, uh, and we consistently see Rodgers have trouble in Minnesota against this defense. So I think the Vikings will be just fine against a Lions offense that doesn't tend to stretch the field. And Case looks fine. As long as Case doesn't make mistakes... This Vikings team can roll against pretty much anybody. Yeah, this is my rule of bad quarterbacks. We can't really trust Case, but we can halfway trust him at home. He's probably not going to completely shit the bed at home. And if he doesn't completely shit the bed, I just don't see any way the Vikings shouldn't win this game. I cap this at minus three and a half. I still think this team is better than the Lions. Even with Case, this defense is worlds better than the Lions defense. I mean... Look, this is one of those spots where the Lions are coming off a game where they should have gotten blown out. The Falcons may have been on the verge of losing that game, but they were 100% the right side. They had two picks that went through receivers' hands. I mean, these guys, 95 these are pros. They're mostly going to catch the ball that hits them in their hands as long as they're not getting dragged down in the process. And particularly Mohamed Sanu. That was embarrassing. He was standing still. Not a defender in sight. It went through his hands. Whatever. It happens. But 95% of the time, he's just going to catch that. The Lions completely subsisted on turnovers last week. They couldn't do anything besides get a few turnovers. And if you're relying on turnovers, I can't trust you. You got to be able to get stops. They can't get stops. These guys could not. I understand it's the Falcons. But, and I understand it's the Falcons in, indoors, but just, I don't even know if I saw one Falcons punt that game. 
they couldn't get any stops without turnovers. This defense is a lot worse than people realize. And sooner or later, somebody's not going to just start giving the ball away. And the truth is going to come out. And it could come out this week. Just don't fuck it up, Case. And we'll be <laughs> fine here. I mean, Mo put it, are we the only people that think the, the Vikings are good? We must be. I, the <laughs> rest of the market just doesn't seem to agree with us. And, and Donnie brought it up the public 64% on Detroit. <laughs> I don't understand. Am I seeing something different? Do I need to go to an optometrist? Minnesota is so good. All right, so the card. I love the card. I'm super excited. Colts plus 13. Ravens plus 3. Browns plus 3. Jets plus 3.5. And, and Vikings minus 2.5. This differs from what the aggregate would have been by one game. We would have we would have not had the Jets on the card, and instead we would have we would have had the Niners plus six and a half on the card. So very close. I like the Niners. I like the Niners. So very close. But this we, card, yeah. I'm all over this card. Really. Yeah. yeah. So make sure you to send your picks in against the Super Contest spread for our contest to at gridirongamble on Twitter or gridirongamblepodcast at gmail.com. Man, 4-1 and one would be a party this week. Keep the positive momentum going. Best of luck in your betting ventures, your fantasy ventures. Peace. Peace.